Again, my name is Harrison Kwok. I'm the pastor here of the Northern Collective. And the Northern Collective hasn't been around that long, and maybe some of you know that, and maybe some of you don't. How did we get here? And where are we going? And what is your role as you sit here? Maybe you listening online. What is our role in the church? What is your role in the Northern Collective? I'd like to take us back. We're going to take a look back at our brief history as a church plant. Again, the Northern Collective hasn't always been here. It's only about three, three years old. And in 2017, it started as a small group in uh, my home, in my wife's home up in Copper Ridge. Uh, a handful of you were at those meetings during those times. We'd pray together. We would look into the Bible together as to what it says about God's work here in the Yukon and around the world. What are we to do? Well, we want to make disciples. We want people to follow Jesus. And we wanted guidance in how we would see that happen. And so I was enrolled in uh, a Christian university called Knox Theological Seminary. I was doing it online through a school in Florida. And during that time, I was enrolled in a class, a church planting class. If you're not familiar with church planting, it's essentially starting new churches in your city, in your community, and around the world. So I had no idea really what it was like to plant a church. Um, I was already part of a church in the Yukon. I had no desire to plant a church. And I was in this class. And my professor, Dr. Geiger, the first thing he said in this class was, planting churches, starting new churches, is not optional. It is not optional. And we get it from the New Testament, which I'll get into later in chapter 28 of a book called Matthew, which we call the Great Commission. The final words of Jesus before he went to the Father in heaven. He gave this commandment. He gave this great commission to his people that you would go and make disciples of all nations, everywhere, in Whitehorse, Yukon, Canada, around the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Behold, Jesus says, I will be with you until the end of the age. And so as you see in the New Testament, the second part of the Bible, when Jesus gives this commission to his followers, they go and they share the gospel, the good news of Jesus, what he's done for humanity, in paying for their sins, in righting what was wrong with our relationship with God, Jesus Christ paid for that. And as that message was shared around the world, the gospel was shared in people's hearts, and churches were planted in communities, that people would get together as the body of God, carrying one another's burdens, celebrating the King together through his word, through singing, through gathering, through doing life together. Church planting is not optional. And so when I heard that, I was, I was challenged. I couldn't sleep, and I, I couldn't really stop thinking about it and talking about it. And I remember one night at our house in 2017, I, I was saying to Kate, I was like, I think God is calling us to, to plant a church. And we wanted to create partnerships. We wanted to go out well. So we, we spoke with our local church and the elders and the pastors there, and they were very grateful for that. And they sent us 
to then White Horse Baptist Church. White Horse Baptist Church is now called Mountain View Church. They're on 2nd Avenue. And they had partnered with Mountain View Church where they would train us. And as we were being trained at Mountain View and this small group continued to grow, we actually had our first Sunday gathering on April 8th, 2018. And that's what the Northern classes looked like. We met at 2 p.m., still in afternoon time. It was strange then. It's not so strange anymore. Maybe some of you are grateful because you get to sleep in. Maybe some of you are ungrateful. I'm not sure. But we're at an afternoon spot. And a part of that was thinking, well, buses don't run on Sundays. We wanted to be downtown, and we wanted to reach a demographic that was maybe forgotten, broken, and so they'd have easy access. So we didn't want to be in Copper Ridge. We didn't want to be in Porter Creek. We wanted to be downtown. And so that's where our first Sunday gathering was. We baptized people there. James O'Farrell was baptized there. His wife, Marilyn, was baptized there. Amanda Budzinski was baptized there. It was an exciting time. Amanda gave her life to Jesus as well. And then on January 6, 2019, we moved to the Francophone Center on Strickland. And if you've been with us at the beginning of the year, you'd remember that we were over there until March. And when we're at the Francophone Center, we moved the service to 3 p.m. We hosted a few uh, conferences. We're in a partnership with an organization called Acts 29. And Acts 29 is a global network of churches planting churches. And so we were able to partner with them, and they sent a gentleman from Scotland, a guy from Kentucky, and a guy from Quebec, to learn about what it's like to plant churches in hard places, to evangelize in hard places, to understand addictions and mental health in hard places. And so when we were there, we had two of these conferences. We had potlucks. You guys remember potlucks? We can eat together. One day that will happen again. We used to have men's breakfast there. Once a month, Tony and Andrew, or sorry, uh, Tony and Bob, they would organize these amazing feasts for us to eat. And Tony would teach the word. Bob would cook like a masterful chef. It wasn't very vegetarian friendly, but it was, it was good. We had Bible studies there. We had something called an invitation team where half hour, an hour before the actual service, we'd be on the streets talking with people, praying with people. We'd be in the Salvation Army shelter. People would be walking to Main Street, praying for people, sharing Bibles with people. And one day, we hope to do that again soon. And then on March 28, 2020, we shifted a little bit. We had to post our singing and our sermons online due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and we were camped out in the basement of Mountain View Church. We built this giant wall. It was like a 12-foot by 8-foot wooden wall on wheels, so the music team would sing in front of one thing, and we would shift this thing over, and so the preach. so it looked like you were in a different, it was like an illusion. But we're in this basement, we had this film, I was preaching in front of a camera, there's no one there. And we'd worked with this team countless hours, literally countless hours were there. I remember being there with uh, Matthew Sider. He's in the back there. We'd be there till 3, 4 in the morning. Our wives are wondering where we are, not 
too impressed. We're like, this will be this will be faster next week. It wasn't faster the next week. We're like, we've simplified the system. It wasn't more simple. It was it was wild. And so churches are still doing that. I'm grateful we're not doing this online thing anymore. We have Facebook Live, and we're grateful that you're tuned in. But that post-production stuff, that takes a lot of work, 15 to 20 hours. And it didn't look like much, but it, it, it was stressful, and it took a lot of time. So I'm grateful for the people who helped there, Kieran on the sound, Matt, the musicians, everybody that was involved, the people who were praying for that, thank you. That was, uh, it was enjoyable for a bit. And then on Sunday, July 5th, we moved to Shipyards Park. We met in the afternoons uh, for about two months there, and some new people have come from our gathering at Shipyards Park. And in the summer, we also had a family camp. It was somewhat of a secret family camp. It was fine. We did everything according to protocol, but we had a family camp, and we were out at Brayburn for a couple of days, and that was, that was fantastic. And then on Sunday, September 13th at 3 p.m., we moved here, 311 Black Street, um, because of the graciousness of the Salvation Army and Glenda and Ian McKenzie who work here. We got a great deal. We pay about $1,000 a month for this space that can actually hold 150, 100 down here and 50 upstairs. I don't know if you've ever been to the uh, Francophone Center, but the room with the children was probably a 10 by 10 room. You can imagine, not only was it crazy just with my kids in there, let alone 15 other kids who have their own ideas of what is fun. So we're grateful for the space. We're grateful that they can play upstairs. And here we are. Each week, uh, Bob and Bob, Brent, I was his best man at his wedding. I should probably remember his name. Brent Ristow and Jody Ristow, they run foundational Bible teaching Thursday evenings upstairs, going through the Bible. There's a women's Bible study that my mother-in-law runs, and there's some of you who go there on Thursday mornings. And we want people to be acquainted, to understand the Word of God, whether they're children or adults, and have been in the church for, it seems like, forever. But the foundation of what we do is God's Word. This isn't a business model. The church is not a commodity. It's a community. It's not a commodity. It's a community. It's a community of God's people sharing our resources together that people would know, love, and serve God alone. When I became a pastor, I used to be an early child care worker. I worked in daycares. And I worked in the daycare for the Kwan Dun First Nation. And um, I was making pretty good money, good benefits. They'd feed me. I loved it. It was close to home. I remember when I shifted to church planting, where there was really no promise of a salary or a pension or anything like that. And, uh, you know, God bless my parents. Uh, please pray for them. They don't know Jesus. Uh, they, they love me. But they asked, are you going to? are you going to make any money doing this? And I said, I don't know. And they're like, oh, oh my goodness, what have you done? <laughs> but God has provided. We, I've never had to worry about the finances of the Northern Collective because of your generosity. For those who have given online, those who give here, I, I thank you for that. And so here's our brief journey. 
Here we are, wanting people to be rooted in the Word of God, to treasure Jesus above all things, to introduce people to Jesus, because we believe that the Christian life is the best life to live, and God offers eternal life through His Son. We say it like this every Sunday. Our mission is to know, love, and serve Jesus Christ while teaching all people to do the same. That's basically just our take on the Great Commission. And we should read the Great Commission together. It's in a book called Matthew in the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, you can listen um, to my soothing voice, or you can follow on the screen. But Matthew 28, these are Jesus' final words before he went up to heaven to be with the Father. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20, says this. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some of them doubted. Jesus Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Memorize that if you're a Christian. Memorize the Great Commission. You have one job. It is to make disciples. It's not even a church plant. It's to make disciples. Are you faithful with the life that God has been given you? That God has given you? Are you faithful with your time, with your money, with your energy, with your talents? Some of us, we need to relook at our lives, see where our time is going, see where money is going, and see how we are using our lives to fulfill the Great Commission. That's what we're to do. We're to make disciples. We want to see disciples made. If you have a family, you want, you, you want to see your children walking in the truth, following Jesus. If you're not a believer, we want you following Jesus. That you would one day make disciples. I wasn't a Christian until 2009. And my friend had the, audos- the audacity, the boldness, the courage to tell me about Jesus. To tell me that there is a God who made you. And Harrison, you've rebelled against him. You've gone your separate ways, and you deserve hell. God will punish you. But, but, by the grace of God, he sent his son for you, that whoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. I rejected that message. I hated Christianity. I hated God. I thought it was silly. But as I considered it, God's Spirit was working within me. And no longer was I hostile to God. But I wanted to see His name and His fame proclaimed through my life, within my family, at my school, at my workplace. 
introducing people to Jesus. Because all of this, all of it, everything that you see around you was made for God. We were made for God. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So many of us, we want to live for something greater than ourselves. What greater mission could there be than to serve the living God, introducing people to Him with the gift of eternal life, serving Him in heaven perfectly? He promises a place where there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering, no pandemic, no mass, no restrictions. Nothing but the worship of a perfect and good and loving God for all eternity. And after a thousand upon a thousand years, you will never be satisfied with the worship of your king. What an amazing message. What an amazing message. So I'm excited. As we look ahead to 2021, what, what does God have in store for us? Well, quite frankly, I have no idea. I have no idea what tomorrow brings. I don't know if there's going to be some new strain of COVID-19 and maybe this is the last time we ever meet. I don't know. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. And so we rest on the fact that God has shown us, revealed himself to us through his word. We must be in this word, dear Christian. There's a lot of good books out there. And we should be reading vast and wide, but we should primarily be thinking about this, memorizing this, living this in our families, in our singleness. Whatever it may be, we need to be acquainted with this word. But I'm excited. Because in the Great Commission, where he gives us this seemingly impossible task, he's asking us to go into the foreign jungles of the Congo, in Papua New Guinea, in the corners of the Yukon, to go and make disciples, to tell people about Jesus. Tell people about Jesus. And then it says, and then teach them to obey everything that I've commanded. Do I do everything Jesus commands? Do you do everything Jesus commands? You want me to teach another person to follow everything that you've taught, to be generous, to not be angry, to forgive your enemies. You want us to do that. You want us to baptize them. And you want us to start new churches in places. That seems so impossible. And it is. What's impossible with man, though, what's impossible with people, though, is not impossible for God. That's why he says, I will be with you. I will be with you. So when I tell my four-year-old, I guess she's five now, to mow my lawn, I guess I would ask her to mow my lawn, I don't, I don't expect her to do that by herself because it's dangerous. I would help her. I will be with you, Emerald, as we mow the lawn. And she will take all the credit for it. She'll be like, Mom, I mowed the lawn today. I say, that's fine. Jesus, I will be with you. How much more when the creator of the universe says, I will be with you. I will be with you. 
in your loneliness, in your depression, in your lack of funds, in your mental strife, when your family and your home seems like it's being upended by the workload, I will be with you. I'm excited for what 2021 holds because Jesus is with us. Not because of where the Northern Collective is going. If we shut down tomorrow, we still praise God because he is good. We can be sad. We can take a moment to mourn. But our identity, my identity is not wrapped up in this church. It is wrapped up in God who's clothed us in his goodness and his righteousness. The Great Commission is great because a great commissioner has sent you. The Great Commission is great because the Great Commissioner has sent you personally. He knows you by name. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows every hair on your head and has numbered them. For some, that number is very big. For some, it's very small. But he knows you. You're not just like Christian 058-302. I'm going to send you to the Yukon. You go do your business and then you report to me when you're dead. No, I will be with you. He is a good shepherd. He has not left us. He is a great commissioner. We should want to see his name and his fame proclaimed in Whitehorse and beyond. We're not here to boost the fame in the name of the Northern Collective. It's God. But he works and operates through local churches. That's why we want to see churches planted in Whitehorse, in Carcross, in Tagus, in Tasman, in Pelly Crossing, in Pharaoh, and if the church is already planting there, and God is doing good work there, and building disciples, we want to help that. Through prayer, through money, through whatever it is, sending ourselves there. His name and his fame is proclaimed through us when we are willing. Willing. Are you willing? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to work that much harder? Not to earn his love, because he says, I love you. I love you no matter what. And I've proven that to you 2,000 years ago when my son was sent for you while you were still a sinner. I died for you. But are you willing? Are you willing to open your mouth to that family member when you know it's super awkward to talk about Jesus, to talk about heaven, to talk about hell, to talk about the Bible. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to go up to a stranger and spark up a conversation? Maybe introduce yourself. And maybe God will lead that into a conversation that will change their life forever. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to follow him to the ends of the earth? He has sacrificed himself for you. He has laid down his very life for you. He died for you so that you could live. He loved you when we were unlovable. He adopted you when the world abandoned you. He is the king. And this is the good news of Jesus. 
And so as we look ahead to 2021, what opportunities do we have ahead? So many. I don't know your situation. I don't know your friend group or who you talk to. But you have influence in your circle that I have no business being in. And if you, only in your circle, would be willing to share your faith, your life, your heart, your home with these people, and they come to know Jesus and the church grows universally, we praise God. So here at the Northern Collective, we want to equip you to do that. But we also want to find opportunities to spread the gospel. So some opportunities are at hand, and I'm grateful for them. We have a few people here who are in the Whitehorse Correctional Center. We have Tony Enns, we have Matthew Sider, and we have Brent Rousseau. They're in the Whitehorse Correctional Center, and they hold Bible studies every Tuesday, every Tuesday evening, sharing the Bible, sharing the good news of Jesus with these people. Pray for them. Pray for the inmates. Pray for the people who are in and out of there. Pray for the staff there. This is an incredible opportunity for the gospel to be shared. And maybe as things open up, maybe you could be holding a Bible study in there. I encourage you to talk with Tony. Maybe you want to run a men's Bible study or a women's Bible study there. Pray for them. There's also the hospital chaplaincy. So the hospital chaplaincy provides me and a few volunteers an opportunity to pray with staff, to pray with patients. I had the very interesting situation where I was able to be at the, the bedside of a woman who passed away, but I was able to walk with the family through their loss. I'm confident that that woman has gone on to be with our Savior, but then I was able to talk with her daughters about Jesus, to pray with them. We, were, we would, I remember Matthew and I would go, and we would just pray for patients in different wings. If this is something you'd like to do, and as the hospital opens up again, if you'd like to be a part of that, please come talk to me. I'd love to have you come out. We meet up periodically, and we can go through the wings of the, of the hospital. We're not allowed to barge into patients' rooms. That's not, I guess, a good thing to do. But we do have uh, open paths from the hospital to, to pray with people and to pray with patients. And so we have the Whitehorse Correctional Center. We have the hospital. We've also partnered with the Second Opinion Society. They are a drop-in mental health center on Black Street. They were just across the street from where we were meeting before. And they are, an, it's like an open house where you can come in if you're hurting, you have some questions about mental health, you can talk to the counselors there. They reached out to us and asked if we would provide prayer, Bible studies, and pastoral biblical guidance for the staff and for the clients there. Please pray for that. If that's something you're interested in, please come talk to me. Uh, shortly, I'll be hosting an online forum um, around mental health and the Bible with the clients at the Second Opinion Society. So there's opportunities there as well. And also serving on Sundays. You look around you, basically everyone in this room is involved in some way in shaping and making this Sunday gathering happen. People on camera. We 
have Brent in the back running the projection and the music. We have people singing. We have people upstairs. If you would like to be a part of what we do on Sundays, please come talk to me. Or you can sign up or send an email at our website, northerncollective.church slash connect. I think the most pressing thing right now is our growing discovery zone. The kids upstairs just looking for more teachers. So if you have a heart and a passion for that, please come talk to me. Or if you're willing to put yourself out on a limb and try something new. There's a sound and media team. There's a music team that sings. We're also looking people who um, maybe don't have a financial background, but are well organized and understand how to put things onto paper and to, uh, yeah, keep things organized. We're looking for like a treasurer type role to to kind of handle our finances, to um, to look at everything with confidence and confidentiality. And if you maybe have some inclination to do something like that, uh, you can talk to Andrew Stark, who is currently our treasurer. We also have a greeter, Janet Enns. She's been very gracious in not only greeting people, but screening people. Do you have COVID-19? Are you sick? Do you have a headache? If no, You know, we haven't had to send anyone home because, well, thank goodness we haven't had to send anyone home, but if you want to do that, you can talk to me as well. There's many different ways you can get involved, and I've said this before, and I quote Brent Rousseau, who says, there's no unemployment in the body of God. There's room for you. There's something for each one of you to do. Whether here in this church physically or in your community, we all have a role to play. So please pray for those things. And our vision. Our vision. I say this every week. What is it? Can anyone repeat it without looking there? That's okay. Hey, it's out of there, but don't look. What is it? What's the vision? To see thriving, gospel-centered churches in all Yukon communities by making disciples that make disciples. It's like music to my ears. Just put that to a tune and we'll just play that on loop forever. To see thriving gospel-centered churches in all Yukon communities by making disciples that make disciples. We want to see churches planted everywhere. And where there are churches that exist, we want to support them if they can align with our vision and our passion and our belief. So a few opportunities here. Car Cross, there's a church plant there. Wade and Josephine Holmes planted a church there about five years ago called Hope Community Church. And as soon as you turn into Carcross, it's right across the street from the RCMP station. They meet there every Saturday. COVID has changed a few things, but they meet twice a month. They usually meet in the afternoons. They have a Saturday morning prayer, I believe now. But Wade and Josephine reached out to myself and Brent Risto and was just looking for help. He's been there for five years. He's getting a little bit tired. But they've started a good work there in Carcross. There's about 10 locals who live there. Sorry. <laughs> this is this amazingly undiscovered area known as Carcross. No. I don't, what's the population of Carcross? 400 people live there. 10 locals attend Hope Community Church. They used to have White Horse visitors go there. I know several of you who, who have gone there. Uh, they're keeping it local right now. So the local Carcross people are encouraged to go. And there's 10 
10 in a population of 400 is a lot if you do the ratio. And so you have these 10 locals, some believers, some not. And Brent is now given the opportunity to potentially help lead that congregation on a regular basis, maybe once a month, twice a month. Please pray for that. And when restrictions open up and people can go there, I encourage you to go there on a Saturday. Take your family there. Go enjoy Car Cross. Pray for Car Cross. That's a tremendous opportunity, and Brent is hoping to bring along people with him that they could be discipled as well, trained up as church planters, and see that church continue to thrive. And talking about how maybe a parish, a um, that's a word that nobody uses, I guess, a, a house. You can build a tiny house or put a trailer there so that if, if a minister or a pastor or a planter does move there, there's a home for them on the property. And this property is owned actually by uh, the organization that Janet and Tony work for, the Northern Canadian Evangelical Mission. So there's a lot of opportunity there. And Wade says he's not going to be there forever. And how can, we, how can you pass the torch over? So please pray for Brent and maybe ask how you can partner with that good work. Um, there's also Carcross. It's actually Carcross Tagish. Carcross Tagish First Nations. It's Tagish. And Marilyn and James O'Farrell, uh, James is right here, they have started a Bible study in their home where a few families meet on a regular basis. They've just completed the book of Luke. Um, they're going to move into another study shortly. But what an opportunity is there for locals to be hosting studies in their own home. And Carcross is just, just right there. Pray for James and Marilyn and the people who go there. That is fantastic. And there's a Bible study that's happening over the phone that Janet hosts for the last uh, two years now. She's had the great privilege and honor of sharing God's word with locals in Pelly Crossing. And we've developed a relationship with a few people there. And they're asking for church to be started there. There's believers there. It's three and a half hours north of us, but that's, that's just distance. But in the meantime, pray. Pray that opportunities and doors would be open that we could see a thriving church in Pelly. There is no church in Pelly. There's over 300 people who live there. But there's believers there. There's a good work happening there and continues to happen. And maybe someone here or someone listening is that church planter. And we want to develop you. That you would go. That we don't want to see this church grow and grow and grow, but we want to see God's church grow and grow and grow around the Yukon and around the world. Maybe you're called to move there. Maybe you're called to partner. Please, I'd love to hear if that is your passion. So that's a brief history of where we are, of where we've gone at the Northern Collective. I hope you're excited. I hope you would be encouraged to play an active role in this, and thank you for those who already are. I'm grateful to God who is with us and who has given us this great commission. And so we're going to take a pause on our series through the Bible. We're going to pause for the month of January. We're going to do a new series called Renewal in Christ. And so myself, Tony, and Andrew, uh, we are the three elders here at this church who oversee um, the operations and the spiritual guidance of this church. 
we're going to be preaching through verses in the Bible that talk about renewal, to be renewed by the transformation of your mind, and talking about the new heavens and the new earth. And we hope that this, this series would refresh and renew your soul, your heart, your mind, and give you new strength in a year that's been particularly challenging for many of us. So I pray that you tune in online. And may God receive all the glory in all of this. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for the work that you're doing through each person here. Thank you for those who are listening online. Be with them in their homes. There's, there's reasons for why they can't make it here. Would you be their peace and their comfort? God, thank you so much for where you've guided us already. And would we continue to seek your will, your wisdom, that we would see many churches planted around the world, that we would see many disciples made, all for your glory alone. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.